We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to the MMA episode of the Corner Podcast this week. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our boxing episode yesterday, our first on Blue Wire. It is official. We have made the transition. Shout out to the new podcast network and the fam over there. So welcoming. And thanks to you guys for following us over and enjoying our content still. So we're getting right into MMA on this show And our opening topic, is it about an upcoming fight? No. Is it about a superstar? No. It's about Mike Perry. And Dre, he did it again. Again. What's wrong with this guy? (laughs) He can't help himself. Listen, okay, first of all, anybody who listens to this podcast, I assume watches MMA, so you know who Platinum Mike Perry is. He's a white guy who actually has pretty fun fights, but he can't get enough of saying the N-word. And he's alluded to the fact that he's got like what, two percent black in him? Or he's been yeah, given I was gonna pass. give him I was gonna give him five percent black, but sure, two percent. Whatever it is. But he continues to recklessly use the N-word on social media, which which means that he uses it like triple time in real life. And man. So he called uh Michael J. White, I guess they had a spat on Twitter, and he called him the B-A-N. I'm not going to go into it, but you should be able to figure out what that is. And this, for me, blew my head up. Because I'm like, yo, you're a white man calling a black man on social media a bitch-ass N-word. How are we letting this fly? 
Now, to put it in perspective, my biggest issue with this, and Kelly, you could probably speak to this as well, is that the UFC is going to do nothing about this. Nothing. And some people say, well, why should they do something? Look, if Kobe Bryant uses a gay slur, he's getting suspended. In baseball, Tim Anderson got suspended because it looked like he said a slur. Well, he called a white guy the N-word in a fight. Yeah. In any other sport, if you use a slur, no matter what you mean by it, and black fighters and black athletes have been suspended, Isaiah Washington used a gay slur and got tossed from Grey's Anatomy, you get their repercussions. Mike Perry is doing this on social media to a black man. And nothing happens? And then, again, he's been saying the N-word like it's nothing. But now he's targeted somebody with it. And I'm not saying he's a racist, because I don't think that's necessarily the case. I just think you're a white guy using the N-word, and you just shouldn't be using it. I, I, Man, this shit don't sit right with me. What about you? Does it? What do you feel about this? I feel immediate suspension. Immediate suspension. I don't understand how this... It, you can't have it both ways. Either you are a league or you are a promoter. They do everything like a league. These guys are no longer individual contractors, right? They're not they're not their own companies. They have to wear uniform. They can't get their own sponsors and wear them in the cage. So much has changed. You can levy suspensions. This is suspension worthy out of sheer stupidity. Cuz now uh, above all else, like the NFL says, you know, we got to protect the shield. In MMA, you have to protect the fans. And violence and shit should have changed after that Khabib fight, and I feel like nothing has changed. Khabib jumping the cage Eagle kicking Connor's boy, I forgot his name, Dylan Dennis, and inciting riots at T-Mobile Arena, which we saw. We saw random people getting slept. It incited a riot at T-Mobile. You have the same thing with Kobe Covington coming off and saying wild shit and inciting just, just hatred amongst people. That shit could have went left when he ran out of the building. Now you have Mike Perry, who, if you let him fight, where are you going to let him fight? You fight in Atlanta? Are you going to try to parade him through D.C.? Pick any place with a lot of black people. Sooner or later, someone's going to try to fuck Mike Perry up. And that might in incite something that you don't need to welcome. Sooner or later, you have to protect the fans and the safety of everyone involved, including Mike Perry. And the suspension might be like, you know what, Mike? You don't get paid anyway. We're going to find you. And you can't fight with us for six months. So you learn to not say this shit, at least publicly, because it might be too late privately. But you and, your, you and your friends like that shit, cool. Do whatever you want with your friends. Some people say wild shit in their group chats. Cool. Say whatever you want. When you bring this public, when you bring this on Twitter, when you say this about another black man, you, you are wildin'. You step too far. And no, I, you have to protect him from himself. No, I don't see, like, 
I don't know, man. Like the UFC feels like the good boys club. Now, now listen, like Masvidal, you know, he's used homophobic slurs um, in the past. Um, I think I can't remember the altercation, but it's 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 not like it hasn't happened before. But it's just like you're using it on Twitter against a non-fighter at that, an actor. And it's like T- to be fair, I think he gets his ass whooped by that actor. No, Michael J. White could fight, like for real, for real. But to 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 come out of your mouth, like to tweet this, which means you had to think about it, and then you defended it on Twitter, saying because that's what he was acting like. That's like word. That's what he was acting like. <laughs> he, he doubled down on it. <laughs> Yo, I'm just like MMA has become this very weird weird sport where it's like. Because Dana White is a Trump supporter and he's taking Colby Covington to the White House, it feels like I'm not I can't, I'm not going to say I dislike Dana White because I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that it, there feels like a little bit more leeway towards that. Whereas, you know, the NBA with Adam Silver, when we going for this shit? Like, imagine if Luka Doncic ran out there and called Kawhi Leonard a bitch-ass N-word. Imagine that. First of all, <laughs> Luka would get beat up. That's the first thing that would happen. Luka Doncic would get beat up. That that'd be the first thing. But there would be suspensions. Like imagine in baseball, if Garrett Cole called Tim Anderson an N word, somebody's getting suspended. So you have to at least publicly reprimand somebody for using the N word. That's not a black person. Because if a black person is getting fined and suspended for using the N word against other black people, I'll be damned if you're gonna let a white man say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You you can't have it. At a certain point, you have to draw the line somewhere. Cause and, and like you said, you were talking about Dana White and everything else. I don't think, you know, political views aside, and, and maybe Trump's just his boy. So maybe he's just riding for his boy's thing. Maybe he doesn't agree with everything politically. But maybe he's just riding for his friend. I don't know. Outside of that, I don't think he hates or he's like racist or a big no. But these things, when you don't discipline someone who's saying the n word, when you're allowing it as part of your trash talk, when you're taking Colby to the White House and not other fighters, it's okay if you bring, you know, two champions every year, right? If you're baseball and you go all the time, if Every other sports champions decide to go down there. They're not racist for bringing them to the White House. I don't feel any type of way for visiting Trump. I wouldn't do it. But if they want to take their players down, that's fine. He specifically brought one player there. He didn't bring John Jones when he wanted to see Obama. So it, it becomes a place where I just get the feeling more and more that the UFC isn't for us. They don't want us. No. They don't need us or to care about our feelings. And that's the message it portrays. Not saying that's the truth. That's the signal they are sending. That that's absolutely true. And and when you look at the biggest black fighters in the UFC, which have been John Jones, Daniel Cormier, Demetrius Johnson, off the top. Those are the three guys you think of think of that really ran things. Tyron? I'm I'm leaving him out for a specific reason. Okay. John Jones has had, had a decade of dominance. Daniel Cormier came from Strike Force, was a heavyweight, came back down to light heavyweight, champ champ, did everything. Demetrius Johnson, arguably one of the greatest flyweights ever. All three of these guys 
for whatever reason, you never see them touch on any black issues. I've interviewed all three of them. Daniel Cormier, I'll tell you guys a story. <laughs> I was doing Daniel Cormier's um, blog at one point uh, when we when Champions first launched. So Cormier would call me, tell me what he wanted to talk about, and I'd make it like his personal blog. So I'd like transcribe what he talked about. So the first time, because I know Cormier is a big MMA uh, wrestling guy, we talked about Kevin Owens and fat guys with dad bods getting over. That was like our first one. Second one, I can't remember what it was about. It was about him being like a heavyweight champion or something like that. Third one was started off as Colin Kaepernick. We started talking about this. And Cormier goes, ah, like, because he was on the side of Kaepernick. And then as the conversation went along, he started to back off of his stance. And I, t- I, I was warning him. I was like, listen, man, you, you sound like you're, you're, you're not firm in your stance. And he was like, I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I know it offends some people and yeah, 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 and Popeye's chicken, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I was just like, look, if you're not going to commit to this, let's not do it. Because you have to be committed to this type of a conversation. Because it was going to happen on Twitter. And he just didn't want to deal with that attention. So, but in the case of John, like Demetrius Johnson, I've talked about him being a black fighter. And I'm not saying this has anything to do with it, but you know, he's in an interracial relationship. He's got mixed kids. And he made it a point to say, I want to be a role model to everybody. But I'm like, yo, but you're still a black man. Love who you love. That's great. You're still a black man. And he was like, no, no, no. You know, I'm more about the gamer community. I was like, all right, fine. I was annoyed. And these guys <laughs> that, that sit on top, that have sat on top, that kind of sit on top for a reason. Then you have Tyron Woodley. Who is a guy who is not shy about talking about being black. Who is not shy about black issues. He comes from Ferguson, Missouri. Where Mike Brown was shot and killed. It was part of the protests and everything else. He was an advocate against police brutality. And you see how he's treated by the UFC. Completely different story. So now, I say that to say this. is You're right, Kel. Is that black fighters... We don't feel black fighters in their blackness doesn't necessarily feel welcome. Kamaru Usman is he's gonna push it as far as he can. We'll see how far Kamaru can push it. I think the most intriguing individual out of them all is well, a guy who's not even from America is Israel Adesanya. Adesanya could be the one that if he wants to touch on these issues, I'm curious at how he's gonna be received because they love him right now. And Izzy still has like a youthful personality, still connects with the younger audience. But I wonder if he ever steps out and says something about being black or how black men are treated in America or about if he asked, he was like, hey, Dana, if I would have won the title in like uh, 2008, could I have gone to see Obama? I just, I'm just curious what the reaction would be. And I actually and I, and I always say I said this on Twitter. I'm never surprised. I'm always appalled. I'm never surprised about how people react to this. type of But I'm always appalled. And I guarantee you people will come out and say, why are you bringing race into it? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? It doesn't feel like to it's be a welcome f- place. Mike Perry brought race into it. <laughs> to be fair, uh, no, you you nailed it with with that. It's just it's not a welcome place for black people right now. It's just, and that's okay to say. Like I, I you can go places and be like, I don't feel welcomed here. That's not necessarily the intent of the people there. But sometimes the environment doesn't feel welcoming. And a place where white guys can call random black guys the N-word without repercussion doesn't feel welcoming. 
where you, you know, necessarily don't push people who are different or give them the same opportunities as others. That's not welcoming. Why is Paige Van Zant or why was she pushed more than Amanda Nunez ever was? And she's the female fighter of the decade with a very unique story. And being openly LGBTQ. With a wife who's also, by the way, an incredible fighter. I I don't I don't get it. I I don't get it. Cause it's right there on a the platter for them. But I'm not sure who they think they'd upset. That has to be the case, right? You you think you'd alienate and upset your fan base. Instead of thinking that you're going to grow your fan base. It's it's wild. I mean, let's take it a step further. If you're a black person fighting the UFC and you see this kind of behavior, right? You start to question who's got my back when something goes south, right? You start to ask yourself, like, well, if I do if, if somebody like because you're kind of opening Pandora's box. If Mike Perry is allowed to get away with saying this and he's a white man, because forget what he believes, the bottom line is he's a white man who was able to call another black man a uh, racial slur. Regardless of intent, that's what it is. Who's to say the next white fighter may feel a certain... Like, I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to do it, but let's just say Colby Covington did it. Is that okay? Because Colby Covington would say, well, you let him say it. you got to police and protect everybody and their interests. Right, and I know we're in a hypersensitive society, so you can't like some things you go over the hill on. But this one is pretty cut and dry. This is a situation where you need to nip this in the bud now. Dana White should be on the phone with Mike Perry, calling him direct, saying, "Mike, can't do that shit. We're either gonna find you or that next fight, scrap it. You ain't having it till you fix this behavior." And that's a message to everybody else in the UFC who wants to practice this kind of behavior. Because man, it's still a promotion where we go to a fight. And there'll be a black man from America versus a white man in America. And the crowd will start chanting USA. Yep. That's crazy. Bananas. And it's, it's going to take something drastic to open their eyes. Like you said, it's going to take someone really getting punched in the mouth out of context. Not in the ring. At, at a weigh-in. At a media day. Like... You just can't have these things going on. Because like you said, what if it escalates? What if Mike Perry drops that shit after a win in the middle of the octagon? Then is it too far? Now, like, they're opening Pandora's box for something that can escalate so much further. And in the same regards, us as fans... Us as people on Twitter, I I feel like fans give Mike Perry a pass. Or fans laugh at him. It might be time to stop laughing at him. Because maybe that's egging him on. He thinks people are laughing with him. Maybe it's time to really be serious and stop laughing at him. Because I wonder how it would be if he was talking to an actor who was gay and he called him, you know, a, a gay slur. Yes, that word. 
and be like, well, you know what? When I started fighting and I was in college, I kissed a dude, so I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> like, like, right? Like, that's that's equivalent to 2%. You're like, no, 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 I don't, I don't hate gay people. I kissed a dude once. So I can call him this. Is that okay? Or would that get national traction? Is it because this isn't getting national traction that it's not a problem? Like, if this shit was on The View tomorrow, would Mike Perry be suspended? I don't know. That's why we do this this podcast is that we bring these issues to to light. Because it, like, look, man, like I retweeted it and I had my two cents to say about it. And I know uh, Angela Hill says some. Angela Hill had some stuff to say, and Anthony Walker, another MMA writer, has some stuff to say. And I didn't get like a, a ton of like retweets or, or engagement about it. Then I tweeted about like the greatest soundtrack movie soundtrack of all time. Everybody's talking about that shit. <laughs> like I talk, I said, Above the Rim's greatest movie soundtrack of all time. And everybody's talking about it. All these people are engaged in tweeting, but I tweeted that, and people were either looking at it like a minefield, like they couldn't step in, or were just not interested. Because either they don't care about MMA, or they're just like, ah, oh, well, it's just a white guy calling it black guy an N-word. We can move on. No, you can't. No. That's why people like us are important in combat sports. We need people to look like us, because we have to call these things at the table. This is wrong. Angie Hill's offended. John Jones needs to be the guy that comes out and says, hey, bitch, no, you can't do that. Daniel Cormier you're, you're waiting for the wrong one. I know. I don't know but how you I'm just saying, uh, somebody of that stature comes out and says something to Mike Perry, because I'm just me. I'm just Andreas Hale. I don't got no clout like that. But if Daniel Cormier said, came out and said something like that, because it's not like, look, Cormier, like all the black fighters, even Aljamain Sterling, everybody, they've seen it. I, it's not like they don't know that Mike Perry's doing it. But this one is crossing the line. Because he was just saying it in, like, conversation like white people calling other white people the n-word it's not necessarily the same i don't like it It makes me cringe anyway but when you call a black person it in a derogatory manner as a black man or a black woman in mma you need to step up and say something yeah he doubled down so tough on that shit so you are a bitch ass Woo. boy those are fighting words anyway from anybody like i just get you gotta run your fade next time in person that's yeah. it on site. Like you just, you just you gotta just gotta own that. So I I don't know, man. I it it's going to lead down a very ugly path if it's not policed. I will say that because he's gonna say that during a press conference when he's fighting a black guy, or so, someone's gonna fuck him up. I mean, like uh, like off rip, or he's gonna be walking through the MGM thinking that shit is sweet and get stomped out. And then Dana's going to call for security and be crying, oh my God, our, our fighters aren't safe. I'm going to be honest. My professionalism only goes so far. And, like, I won't interview Mike Perry because I know it'll be combative. And it ain't going to go, it's not going to be worth anybody's time. Like, people will be interested and they'll be like, oh, look, black guy goes at Mike Perry for using the N-word. But it just won't be anything sweet. But if I saw it at a, pre- like, if it happened in my presence, I'll say something. Forget like journalism practices. I'm my blackness always comes first. I'll say something. I promise y'all that. It. I wonder if he uses it as much. A lot of people are keyboard gangsters, right? So I I've, I've seen him type it. No, he said it. I'm, he said it in like, said, IG videos that somebody sent me before. That shit's still social media. I know, but he like said it. you saying it in person. Like I I really wonder who he's saying this to. I'm sure he said it. I'm, I'm positive he said it. 
Let's move on, man. I can't talk about Mike Perry no more. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about more bullshit. It's an off week in MMA. Only thing we got to talk about is, is the roundabout stuff uh, around the sport. And the next thing up on the on the agenda is Conor McGregor. So we are a little over a week away. Of course, we're going to break down the fight itself, the whole fight card next week on the show. But we're a week away. And I don't feel like a McGregor fight's on the horizon. Where's the buzz? Like, is this good? Like, I, I think he sells anyway, right? And the new ESPN model, I don't know how much you really need him to sell for pay-per-views. Um, so he doesn't have to do the long press tours, the theatrics, everything he's done before. But is this a good sign or a bad sign that it's kind of just like, eh, whatever? I think it's fine. I mean, the reality is this Conor hasn't fought since losing to Khabib in 2018. Um... It's a fight with Cowboy that's going to sell itself. And I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in this. I'm trying to remember. I'm going to start taking notes of this. The week before every big fight, we kind of say the same thing. (laughs) I feel like it. Because usually there is like a law, the calm before the storm, right? That's what it feels like. Like this... This final week, because next week is, you know, when, you know, the, the UFC will have media day. The press conference is on Wednesday at 5 p.m. at night in Vegas, which is crazy. I guess Conor doesn't wake up to like 2 or some shit. Um, but you're going to have, like, the buzz will start to pick up. There's no reason for a buzz to really be happening right now. Like, even when Wilder and Fury fight, nobody's going to care until, like, three days before the fight. Because, excuse me, a vast majority of people impulse buy pay-per-views. Like, they don't. I don't think I've ever met anybody who has gone like to their cable provider or their satellite or wherever they get their their pay-per-view content from and have like a week before the fight went and bought it. I've never seen anybody do that. I only saw it Mayweather Pacquiao and then I like tried to impulse buy it for the people at my crib before I went to the fight and that shit was crashing. They were like texting me like, yo, is something's wrong. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I probably should have bought that one in advance. Yeah, but I think most people wait till the day of the fight and pay for the pay-per-view. I, I mean, when I was a kid, when my pops used to buy Tyson fights, we talk about it all week, but then the day of the fight, you get hype, and then you'd be like, who's coming over? And then you figure out who's going to buy the fight. And when you were in college in pay-per-views, you was like, well, who's buying the fight? But you didn't figure that out on Wednesday. You figured that out on Saturday or Friday. So I feel like the buzz for the fight really doesn't pick up until, like, the week of the fight. And it's usually the second or third day of the week. Every fight can't be made with a Pacquiao, which was like the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life in terms of like buzz for a fight. But I think this fight will be fine. This if if something were to happen to Connor though, woo, this undercard is trash. Oh my god, I was looking at it the <laughs> other day. I was like, yo, this is a one fight card for real. Yeah, they didn't uh try to stack it very much. It, it's Connor and friends. So yeah, there there is no plan B. It has to, but Connor doesn't pull out of fights, and Cerrone's no. crazy. No, so you're I mean, pretty locked fine. into I'm just saying, in, them fighter. In the event of, and I think this is also a scary thing. On the flip side, and we'll talk about this more next week. If this fight does more than which we know it will, then the three title fight in the last pay per view that had Nunez, Usman, and what was the other title fight? Holloway, uh, with three, Holloway. Three champions yeah. on the card. If this fight that has no title on the line is literally... It's going to double or triple it. It's a bad sign for you guys who are looking for stack cards in the future. Because now, now they mm. really know. 
Not like I mean, yeah. unfortunately, they don't have another Conor McGregor so they can do this every month. So they'll, they'll continue to stack cards because they don't have like big huge stars. But if you make another like a Khabib Tony Ferguson card, and Khabib's a pretty big he's become a pretty big star. They don't have to load that card because people are going to buy it for Khabib and Tony Ferguson. People are buying this for Cowboy and McGregor. They don't give a shit who's on the other card. So if it cracks a million, the UFC's going to go, what are we stacking cards for? They can do the goddamn Contender Series on these undercards. <laughs> There's some good fights on the Contender Series. There are. <laughs> and that's my point. You don't have to pay anybody to do it. Even though they're paying peanuts anyway, you could just put a bunch of anybody on the card. That's what boxing's biggest issue has been for so long is that the undercards of the biggest fights are trash. Yeah. Thankfully, Wilder Fury, we should be getting a good undercard. Can't speak more about it, but let you know it should be exciting. We shall see. Yeah, so uh, they seem to be coming around on some of these co-promoted pay-per-views. Uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao had a really good undercard, I think. Yeah, it, if, uh, if I remember correctly... I want to say Lomachenko was on it. Uh, was Loma on there? Was that was Danny Garcia and Lucas Matisse on that card? Oh, I'm gonna look it up. Um, it it was good. Because one of the and, no, I think I think it was the Maidana card. Because I, I think the Maidana card had Danny Garcia and Lucas Matisse in a Broner. Want to say Granados fight was on there? They were stacking cards because nobody cared about Maidana really like that until the second fight. But. I feel like it's always in, in the, every promotion's best interest to stack cards. But I, th- I just think... Oh, Leo Santa Cruz was on it. Oh, God. Uh, he was the PBC too. guy, yeah. Uh, which he didn't handle business like he should have. And then Lomachenko was the opener. And he KO'd Rodriguez in two. Yeah, I remember that. I remember But that. underneath but that, Jesse Hart, who fights this weekend, where I'll be, in Atlantic City, uh, KO'd Mike Jimenez, which was a good fight. And then you had Solomon versus uh, Grenados under that, too. Yeah, like, I feel like it's always beneficial to stack cards. I just think it's like, this card sucks. Like, I'm looking at this card, and I'm like, man, I don't care. Like, I'm going to be there because most of UFC guys cover UFC, as you know, you go there early because most of the fights are good, and there's always something exciting that goes on. But if you go on name recognition alone, you're looking at this card like, what am I watching? Like, Macy Barber, I want to see fight. I like Macy Barber. We'll talk about her next week. Other than that, I'm just like not thrilled by this card. So hopefully these two- Macy Barber is really good. I didn't know she was on this card. Yes, yes, she's fighting Roxanne Modafferi. So it- oh, that's gonna be a good fight. I like Roxanne, and she's in Vegas. She's gonna bring out like some good fans too. Yeah, like I, I, the card itself, it just it's not a, it's it's a card built for the casual MMA fan because the casual MMA fan ain't going to they're gonna be tweeting me. Saturday at about four, going. What time's the main event? I'm, I'm gonna tell them. Watch the pay per view. What time's the main event? They don't give a shit about anything else. What time's the main event? <laughs> that's it. No, that that's true. That's the only thing people are gonna be asking, and that is okay with me because I'm going to be one of the people looking for the main event constantly. So, uh, nah, man, that's that's pretty much. This weekend, light day in MMA, so we're just breezing through it. Thank you guys for listening. Again, another episode of Corner Podcast will be at you guys tomorrow. Plenty to talk about in pro wrestling. Thank you, but for right now, we're out. Peace.